Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is layers and levels of to know, to dare, to will, and to keep silent. This phrase was originally claimed by the Order of the Golden Dawn and was thought to have come from ancient Egyptian practices. It has been adopted by many modern witches as a basic explanation of what is needed to work effective magic. Each of these phrases has come to be associated with one of the four physical elements. On the surface, there is the knowledge of what they mean and how they connect with spellwork and the practice of magic. On the path, we connect with this with the head or intellect. However, these phrases have layers and levels like witches do, and when you work with them, you begin to recognize that there are deeper meanings than just that of the surface. On the path, we think these deeper meanings are connected to the soul or spirit and refer to them as such. To know is often associated with the element of air, which deals with new ideas and the intellect. It means acquiring a knowledge base about correspondences and how you can connect with energies for spell work. It is about acquiring knowledge of how magic works, how to craft spells and rituals, and what you choose to believe for your own practices. We call this head knowledge because it is about studying and learning. For us, the soul knowledge of air is about developing our own sense of certainty that magic exists and will work for and with us when we need it to do so. It is seeking our personal truths about how we perceive the divine, the universe itself, and the energies we connect with. It is about knowing who we are, all the perceived positive and negative aspects, and accepting them without denial. It is about knowing what we have to do to walk our spiritual path, even when we may not see where it is leading and still taking the next steps. To dare is often associated with the element of fire, which deals with courage and the cycles of creation and destruction. It means having the courage to take a risk by trying new things. It is about working to establish those energetic connections that can enhance your practice, about being able to take a step back and change your mind and try to find ways to practice that match your beliefs. We call this head daring because it is still surface work. For us, the soul daring of fire is about being willing to participate in the cycle of creation and destruction that is intrinsically part of fire's nature and the universe. It is having the awareness that in order to create something new, something else must be destroyed or transformed to make way for what is to come. It is about opening ourselves up to the universe and asking it to change us into what we are truly meant to be and stepping out of the way and giving up that sense of control that we think we have. The courage needed to dare at this level can be beyond comprehension for us, but learning to trust the process enables it to be done. To will is often associated with the element of water, which deals with personal desires and emotions. It means recognizing that much of what you want involves some type of emotion. It means experiencing the feelings of establishing these energetic connections, the personal longing to connect with the external divine, and the joy of ritual and awareness that you are a magical person. 
We call this head will because it is connected with transitory emotions. For us, the soul will of water is about stepping past the transitory nature of everyday emotions and recognize it is about being focusing on that core spark of divinity that resides within each of us that allows us to become aware of our true will. Our true will is that part of us that not only wants to connect with the external divine of the universe, which is the source of our magic and our spiritual paths. Our soul will strengthens the intent of any magic or ritual work we do. To keep silent is often associated with the element of earth, which deals with silence while waiting for change and those hidden depths not recognizable without stillness. It means sitting quietly and waiting for the manifestation of your spell work. It means not focusing on results, working to stay in the process, and not sharing our spell work with others unnecessarily. We call this head-keeping silent because it is about patience and perceptions. For us, the soul-keeping silent of Earth is about being able to plunge into the hidden depths of that still point inside ourselves and listening for the divine to speak to us. Spell work, rituals, and devotionals are the prayers where we ask for what we most need, and the stillness is listening for the answers. The hidden depths inside each of us are the pieces of our soul that no one else can ever come to know. This stillness involves sitting with your soul buried in front of the universe. There's personal soul work involved with these phrases, and the result is working consistently to combine both head and soul in balance to be able to work magic and walk a spiritual path of your own choosing. Good evening, Dave. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in there, getting older and counting the days till I go home. But you know. oh, that, That's right. And, and you did remind me. So we're just going to let everybody out there listen, listen and know that we're recording this on the night before Elizabeth's birthday. So uh, happy, happy. Let me be the first to tell you happy birthday tomorrow. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I will get all sorts of text messages from grandchildren right after midnight. So I'll probably keep my phone on vibrate so that I can sleep through it and enjoy them when I'm up in the morning and they're asleep. Sure. Yeah, they'll go great with your morning coffee. There we go. Exactly. Okay. We have a, I don't know if it's exactly a complex topic tonight, but it is definitely a long one. Well, and it's one that I don't have a lot of experience with, so I'm going to uh, be able to play the the newbie here really well. Well, okay. Well, we'll start from the beginning. Um, the phrase has been around for a long time. They found, you know, it's, it's claimed to be Hermes, Trimeth, the, the one I can ever pronounce in ancient Egypt with the green tablet and everything. Okay, so it was originally hermetic, gotcha. Yeah, it was originally hermetic, and it was kind of claimed by the Order of the Golden Dawn to explain how magic works or what is needed to work magic. What is needed to work magic, okay. Um, way to phrase it, I the, think. And the four are to know, to dare, to will, and to keep silent. Exactly. However, just a little bit of side history that's not in the reading. Um, the Golden Dawn flipped it and phrased it as to know, to will, to dare, and to keep silent. And okay. Sue and I, over the years, have kind of used that as a way to explain the different pieces that you kind of put together as a person to work magic. 
and the order didn't quite flit. They also had a reputation in the Golden Dawn for flipping tarot cards too, so that you know, swords and wands. Originally, one sure. apparently may have been associated with air and swords with fire, but the Golden Dawn kind of made it the other way around. So that could have been them as well, and we'll never know and don't really care. We just like it because each of these areas is kind of associated with a physical element, and it kind of works as a good explanation of the stuff you need sure. to work magic. Sure. And for us to swing it to the layers and levels. And you're like, oh, witch stone card. I know what we're talking about. No, right. I don't. <laughs> but the layers and levels that we have as people, we think of our secret three and we think about everything, which is the whole intellect piece that brings body and spirit or soul together. And for us, there are different layers and levels of each of these pieces in that there's kind of the intellectual piece of it, how you think about it, you know, kind of surface, and then the soul, which is the real internal work that we have to do to successfully work magic. Right. And we kind of split them up into those two pieces. And yeah, and I mean, just, just looking at them on the surface, you know, and now I understand we, we have to have certain knowledge um, and we have to be motivated to read and to study and to learn um, mm-hmm. because it helps us grow as a human. To dare and to will, I want to sort of lump together for just a minute, only because then to keep silent, I understand that um from a completely different perspective, you know, once a prayer has been uttered, all right, sit your peace, take your time and wait for the universe to deliver this thing. And I, I get the keep silent part, mm-hmm. the dare and to will for me. And I know we're going to talk about each one, um, at least briefly on the way through here, but to dare and to will to me seem almost interchangeable or one and the same. Interesting. To me, okay, to us, maybe maybe I'll feel differently after we've we've talked about the four. Yeah, well, we'll see. So let's begin at the beginning. You've got to know. Okay, just come to be associated with the element air, ideas, and intellect. Like you said, you have to learn stuff. Sure, knowledge. You know, learn about correspondences and and having that base of of knowledge so that you know how to do a spell or what you might want to put together to use as part of the spell or the steps to do a spell. Sure. You know, all of that piece of it. And that's that we, we deciphered to call that head knowledge. from, From my point of view, part of that knowing is, is knowing what resonates for you and what doesn't resonate for you and being able to recognize that in the things that you study, because part of that knowing is knowing who I am or who we are as a seeker. Mm-hmm. That, that I would classify as like the soul knowing piece of it, because the head piece is, remember back when you were a new, a new pagan and you wanted to learn about everything. So you started reading and studying and, and dissecting what you were reading and hopefully reading with some discernment and you right. figured out what resonated for you. But you have to put in the work. You have to be willing to study and learn. 
it's like when you first enter witchcraft, it's almost like learning a new foreign language. Right. Because there are things you have to know and you have to have certain things that connect like the different parts of a sentence and the structure and, and all of those pieces and descriptors and being coming fluent in the language of something. Right. That's kind of the head knowing. And like you said, the the soul knowing is figuring out, okay, this I have a list of correspondences here and this list says this about this rock. And this other list says this about this rock. And I agree with this piece here and this piece over here. But in my own ideas about things, this is what I think it is. And that's what works for me. Right. Which is the whole knowing piece and the layers and levels of it. And it's not like there's a discernible line between like the head knowing and the soul knowing. Same as with oh, the sure. You know, I and mean, if you want to stick the, the, the mind in there, it's the mind that bridges the gap between head and heart, for want of a better word. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, and it makes perfect sense to me that this is represented or uh, corresponded with the element of air simply because that's. I mean, to me, that's part of our, our, our symbolic of knowledge. I think so. Yeah, new ideas and ways of thinking, and just I'm, I'm just imagining a great big cathedral-sized library. But I'm a book nerd, you know. So am I, but that's what I can point. Okay. All right. So now to dare. Okay. I, I'm assuming this is about courage. Yeah, in that respect, being willing to step out and try something. Right. Okay. And actually doing it. You know, you've read how to do spells over and over and over. Okay, to dare means you're actually going to sit there and light that candle and say the words and take that risk. Okay. Does that make sense when I put it like that? Sure, sure. So that, and I can see where that is the mind making the commitment to self. I am going to go through with this. I am Mm -hmm. going to pray or I am going to cast, or I am going to to build an altar. I'm going to do those things, sure. You're going to do it, okay? And being aware that we're trying something new. And then the soul pieces is accepting that if you create something new, something else has to be destroyed or transformed, because that's kind of how the process of creation works. It recycles around on itself. Right. When you think about it, okay, if I choose to write something and I'm doing it with a piece of paper and a pencil, I am using a paper, I am using a pencil, and I am creating something new. But by the same point, I'm using up something else to make something entirely new. Okay. And it's being willing to take that risk to accept that if I'm going to practice magic, I'm going to create a new me. And the old me is going to be different, transformed, partially destroyed, and get rid of the old beliefs, et cetera, et cetera. That's you the know, part. And I'm, yeah, I'm getting that. Yeah, it's a big well, damn I, deal. Yeah, I, I, I had an example, but it, it just slipped my mind there for a minute. But, um, yeah, there was there was a little profound realization there yeah 
when I um the 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 practice that I can see aligns with this and it and and now it makes more sense to me is the practice that I've heard of is that of every time um you go and do something fun and positive and healthy and exciting like for me every time I go on a bike ride mm-hmm. and I store a good happy healthy wholesome in the moment memory mm-hmm. i imagine that i am forgetting some memory that i am still carrying with me of something from my past that i don't like to deal with okay so every time i go and have a new thing um a new experience i believe that i am wiping away or creation and destruction here, I am losing something that I did not need to have on board anymore anyway. Exactly. And in essence, you are transforming yourself into something new by part of that process. Hence hence the association with fire and and transformation. Does that make sense now? It it does. Oh, good. You and I are getting somewhere. I mean, think about it. We associate it with fire because fire in itself is creation and destruction. Isn't it the redwoods that they have sure. to have fire in order for their seeds to actually sprout? Uh, we've, we've learned uh, of quite a few species that are, are that way mm-hmm. and, and variations of that. But yeah, that the forests themselves depend on being burnt every so often. Sure. Yeah. And it's wholesale destruction on the surface, but you get something new out of it. Well, maybe we're just due for another flood then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How good are you at building an ark? <laughs> All right. So tell me how to will is different from to dare. Okay. To us, our will is all about personal desires and emotions. We want to will something to happen because we have a need. Okay. And our magic allows us to focus on fulfilling that need. To will for us is all tied up with our personal desires and emotions. We want something to happen. We will it into being. So this is almost like right there with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, in essence, in that respect, kind of. But... It, it involves some type of emotion. Sure. Yep. Okay. And, and, and fulfilling a lack. And fulfilling a lack. Yes. Okay. Or just having a great time at ritual. Even. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Sometimes the best reason to have a ritual is just because it's time to have a ritual. Exactly. And, and, we, re- and we step past that every day wants and needs kind of thing. Okay. That transitory emotions, because I can sit here and say, boy, I really want a cup of coffee. I know that it's soon later in the evening when I should have one, because otherwise I'll be bouncing off the walls at 4 a.m., cursing myself for having that cup of coffee and stepping past that transitory nature of emotions, because they're often influenced by outside things. I mean, how many times have we watched an ad on TV and wanted whatever it was? 
Well, and 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 as as witches, as and as spiritual people, we've come to a point where we understand that when our eyes see that sort of stuff and our brain processes that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. there are immediately chemical changes happening in our brain, and we are being triggered to these things. That's one of the reasons I watch less and less commercial television mm-hmm. because I've noticed the different difference in the dopamine of just watching documentaries that don't have commercials. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the whole idea. And our emotions are fed by those receptors, and therefore they're transitory. Because neural, okay. the, the dopamine gets reabsorbed quickly. Right. They're not like hormones, which are go into our bloodstreams and are long-term and have more to do with mood than an emotion. There's a big difference between a mood and an emotion. Emotions are transitory because I can be mad as hell in traffic and five minutes later catch up and get a phone call that's wonderful news and my whole day's better. Sure. And I'm still sitting in traffic. Right. But my emotions have shifted to something else. So that's all transitory. And the idea is when we get to the soul piece, we start noticing that spark of divine within us and looking for it and figuring out what our true will is and our true will that we want to connect to that external divine of the universe and it allows us to strengthen our intent for any magic when we like so i just just looking at the the reading i almost um feel like it ought to capitalize true will um, and, and I'm going to think of it that way with, mm-hmm. the, with the two will, because, yeah, true will is more aligned with my my great work and mm-hmm. my life's purpose. And those things that I believe are the reason that I am being. Yeah. And so, yeah, true will is not the will of this moment and what I really feel like or want to do. Um, but true will is about my course or my path yeah your spiritual being and if you're focused and if you if your magic aligns with your true will for want of a better word it strengthens our intent because now we're in line with the universe and the whole sure sure yeah life becomes a water slide (laughs) yeah and but but for us that's the difference between that's how we we so do you see how with dare to dare into will they can kind of be interchangeable if we're way up there on the surface, but when we get underneath it's very different. Sure. You sure. mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They are. They're very but these see the thing is you, you can't well, really separate to dare is to have the courage to reach out and try to achieve my true will. Yes. And I see the difference there. True, true, or uh, being willful in my life, just like being mindful or being in the moment. That true will is something that I have to be brave enough to try to do, and that's my dare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Somehow, and, I feel like I just wrote the lyrics to a song. <laughs> quite possibly, you know, it was very profound sounding, anyway. But. Well, the whole piece of keeping silent is you have to wait for stuff to happen sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah, this this is when I, I wish for something and then I go sit on the front porch and watch the clouds go by for a couple of days and and know and understand and believe that it's going to happen, but it's going to happen on its natural pace and course, mm-hmm. not based on my current transitory emotional will. No, or the fact that I want it right now, damn it, which is also transitory emotion well yeah (laughs) you know and and the other piece is that whole phrase tmi if you talk about it too much then you're not focusing like you said on your true will and knowing that you did you had the knowledge to do it you dared to do it your will is seriously and your true will is seriously involved in the process the whole world doesn't know what you know what the fuck you're doing well, and I think to a to a certain extent, and, and to a certain extent, to be honest, this this speaks to part of why I've been a solitary for so long, mm-hmm. is because this stuff to me is intimately personal. Yeah. I mean, ninety nine percent of the stuff that we talk about here is between my little bitty spark and some great big spark. And yes, we all have our interactions, Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to a solitary, my beliefs, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But see that that's where the path seems to work because when Sue and I wrote this, even though we practiced together and did a lot of stuff together, we also were essentially solitaries because we were working on our own shit. Right. You know, and being part of a group doesn't mean you're working on your own shit necessarily. Well, and and for a while there, yeah, there was a network of three or four of you solitaries Mm -hmm. that just happened to celebrate celebrate rights together. Yeah, exactly. And then you and Susie started writing the rituals and, and... yeah, sort of a partnership formed. Yeah, but we each ex- though we could do the rituals together, but our experiences during ritual and the results that we got from the rituals were still personal in each of our own. Sure. Yeah, that speaks to the keep silent because at the end of a ritual, certainly I'm going to interact with other people and tell them I had a good or a bad time or whatever, but there, there's a whole bunch of that discussion that's just between me and the universe. Exactly. And it, I don't think being, which is what I like about the path is yes, I happen to find somebody else who I enjoyed practicing with or more than one on occasion and it works as a group, but in essence, all of this is kind of an expansion of a lot of solitary thinking on both our parts. Right, right. And it's like I say, a collective of solitaries. Yeah, and and like I said, in and for us, it was always this is what I think about this. And then she well, and we're constantly reminding people, even now, you know, on the podcast that, you know, oh, yeah. that we're not you're not on our path. You're on your path. And mm-hmm. I am on my path. And Elizabeth is on Elizabeth's path. Exactly. But because I like to think that enough people, for want of a better word, philosophically might be interested in what we think about things. Sure. Even if it's only to rampantly disagree with us. But at least we're making you think. Well, I haven't I haven't gotten any hate mail yet, but you know, I I'm yeah. still keeping my hopes up. 
<laughs> well, we can try. You know, but but all of this stuff, while on the surface, it's the stuff you need to go out and create a, a successful spell. The headpieces. If you put all the headpieces together, you can go out and make magic. To know, to dare, to will, and to keep silent. Yeah. And each of those has its own mind or intellectual level and its own soul level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but if you but if you take keep it simple, which I'm a big fan of because of having been in recovery a long time, where kiss is still the perennial favorite. Yep. You know, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you just take the head pieces of all of those, you know how to make magic. Practice magic, create spells, etc. You know, successfully cast the spell. And learn it, be brave enough to do it, Mm -hmm. understand your will enough to send energy with it, and then shut up about it. Between keep it between you and the universe. Yeah. I like that. But when you dig deeper, your magic is deeper and more meaningful. Certainly. And I think that's the two, the distinction between those layers and levels. Well, and I can see constantly revisiting this just as a way of, you know, self-reflecting on, all right, how am I doing with my knowing lately? And how mm-hmm. am I doing with my daring lately? And um, Because that'll also, since they all align with different elements, that'll also help guide me as far as what element or representative I might want to carry with me, you know, as a talisman or something like that. Mm-hmm. Depending on what's going on. If you're feeling, you know, like you're being run over by those transitory emotions, that was a good time to step back and take a big drink of water. Okay, well, that's get, just it. Or carry a water-based crystal or, you know, yeah. any any representation of water that, you know, any everybody has their own correspondences. Yeah, exactly. So you know, when you or if I'm sitting down to write, I love I love calligraphy stones just for that reason. To me, they are they help me organize my thoughts better. Well, I've seen that in action with you. Yes, you have. So if I'm working on something that requires me to acquire knowledge or research or whatever, you will probably find me with a mouse in one hand and a calligraphy stone right there where I can grab it with the other at times, especially when I've gone down a rabbit hole and I'm trying to understand something. Right. Or when you're talking to me about IT stuff and I'm, (laughs) Desperately trying to get it, you know. So, but I get the point. Yes, I think so. And I think there's times when we need more than one more than the other as part of our personal practices. Well, and I'm seeing now the more and more I look at it. I mean, I can I can come up with a, a completely different context where to know, to dare, to will, and to keep silent. I mean, I I can analogize those to my my um, naval career, um, mm-hmm. so I can see where that phrase has been around long enough. It it has some real power behind it. Um, yeah. I'm I'm going to be interested when I get to work and is. Uh, to look up in a couple of the hermetic uh, books that we've got to see what different kinds of representations it has uh, back then, you know. 
I think that would be interesting. But like I said, Sue and I, I don't well, quite remember. I think it was one of those that, that had more popularity years ago kind of thing. Sure, yep. And we came across it again, and we're like, okay, this works for this, and this works for this. It's like finding puzzle pieces. Sure, absolutely. And I yeah. like the way that it lines up with the four elements, and they make they make perfect sense to me. Um, that won't be a tough one for me to remember. Well, good. I'm pleased. Yeah, some of our stuff is a little hard, more difficult to remember because a lot of times our perspective started out like everybody else's and then went left somewhere. <laughs> well, and I, and I always, you know, choose to remember what I choose to remember and I choose to not remember what I choose to not remember. Well, it makes perfect sense. Well, hopefully this one is one you want to remember and that our listeners may want to remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to these four phrases or these nine words. Um, there's a lot more 10 words. Yeah. It's late. Um, there's a lot more to these few words um, than simply just reading through them. Take some take some time to think about these and how they apply to your own life. Mm-hmm. And not just magic. <laughs> right. They work right. on the mundane too, which is absolutely even more fascinating. You know, and and I think, like you said, that's one of the reasons I think they've lasted as long as they have. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some universal power of word stuff going on there that's that's another level beneath and in sort of ancestor magic age. I think so. Yeah. You know. So I think that's a good place to stop since we went down that particular rabbit hole. Excellent. Well it was it was kinda good uh it was kinda good to get a good thorough walkthrough of that because you know, I had read it but it hadn't really sunk in. I understand. And sometimes for me, I love doing that. I think somewhere in another life, I might have been a teacher. <laughs> Either that or I help kids with homework too much. But I think sometimes the best way to clarify your own understanding of a topic is to have to be able to explain it to somebody else so they get it. Right, right. Absolutely. And not for nothing, but you've known me for 15 years and for 12 of them, I've been a professional student. So I don't <laughs> mind feeding you questions at all. <laughs> no, I know you don't. As long as you're getting something out of it too, you know. Right, absolutely. It's always fun. So with that being said, I will wish you a wonderful night and may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Happy early birthday. Thank be you. Be safe. Be kind and be loved. Today's Witchstone Spotlight topic is the somewhat bittersweet finale, folks. Bitter in that I find myself a few months ago having to pick up and continue this series of segments that my dear sweet Sue began back in the world of what once was. The Witchstone's Oracle deck was her pride and joy, and she wanted them to be shared with as many people as possible. Sweet in that I'm blessed to be carrying on her great work, to be here, sharing the witch stones, doing readings, working the podcast with Elizabeth, and bringing fruit to all of the projects that she laid the foundations for with Elizabeth. So in that, it's time to move forward. Over the next handful of episodes, Elizabeth and I will be replacing this Witchstone Spotlight segment with something completely new and different. 
so new and different that we haven't actually decided firmly what we're going to do yet. But don't think that the witch stones are going away, though. I will doing, be doing some more deep dive witch stone readings and discussing them on our blog at twoyoungcrones.com from time to time, mixing them in with our regular content. In other big news, we now have a newborn YouTube channel for Two Young Crones and Young Crones Cafe content. Now, there literally isn't a single video in it yet. That's part of my projects over the next week or so. But you can expect weekly Witchstone Oracle Deck readings from me in video and on the YouTube channel, as well as other Two Young Crones and Young Crones Cafe content. Eventually, I'm hoping to create a separate playlist just to store all of the Witchstone Spotlight segments that we've made, both past and future. We are Two Young Crones on Facebook and on Twitter. We are Two Young Crones on Patreon and on Discord. And soon we are at Two Young Crones on YouTube. So keep an eye out for more announcements on our social media channels. And when you have time to visit, please do the like and subscribe thing if, you know, if you like it. Anyway, this is Dave closing out the Witchstone Spotlight podcast series. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint is all about adapting your practices to the weather. Where we live in practice here in the Northeast, it has been very hot the last few days, and thunderstorms have rolled through at odd times on a fairly consistent basis. This is the time of year where many pagans who are experiencing the summer season, and witches too, want to do rituals outside. And there are times when that requires adapting your practice to the weather. Most of us have some sort of weather app on our phone. So check if it's going to pour for the next couple of hours when you want to be outside. And you may need to change what you want to do from outside to inside. Very often when we practice outside, we like to have some sort of fire. And we like to burn things as well as part of it in the fire. So a way for us that we can adapt this is to set up some sort of fireproof dish inside and have a lit candle in it so that we can burn small items and save larger ones for later. One of the big things to think about is not to get frustrated over the weather. This is something most witches can't control. And when we mess around with the weather, for those of us who can, it can have unintended consequences. However, if you're going to be outside in the heat, make sure you have plenty of water with you for hydration while you're out there in ritual space. Very often when you are in that space between a space and a time between the time, time moves a lot faster and you found you've been out there for two hours in the heat and didn't notice and you're dehyd starting to dehydrate yourself. Um, if you're practicing at night, make sure your areas are well lit. And at this time of year, always have some way to douse a fire quickly if you choose to have some. The wildfires in Canada are a good example of nature at her finest out of control with fire. 
And yes, it's been affecting the air quality on and off this summer where we live in practice. So sometimes we have to be indoors more than we want to, even though the sun is shining and the birds are still making noise. If you're experiencing the winter seasons, obviously you are going to want to practice indoors. There's a lot of things that can be adapted from outdoor to indoor use or indoor to outdoor, depending on the weather. It just means you have to be a little bit creative and stop complaining about it and just enjoy the ritual experience instead. Now, today, it's supposed to be 95 here with a heat advisory, so obviously I am not going outdoors to practice my annual birthday personal ritual like I like to do. I'm going to sit where I can see the weather and enjoy the fact that the sun is out, but I'm not going out there and risk heat stroke just to practice a ritual. Or if you need to, you could put it off day when the weather is going to be us more auspicious. We seem to think that we are chained to the calendar date for a lot of things, and we don't have to be. All that really matters is your intent. So think ahead, be prepared for the weather. Like I said, check out that crazy weather app that we ignore unless we want to know how warm it is outside. And think about it and make plans for both indoor and outdoor. Because regardless of the meteorological forecasts, they don't always get it right. And you could be looking at your app going, but they said it was going to be sunny as the rain is teeming around you and you want to be outside. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mode it be. So mode it be.